0: Do you give that so Owen at the Bite Irish podcast? Volte Stach number 138. I have a special guest today, Neil from BiteSeyes Irish, Neil O'Seal. It's an interview I did with him about what is Ashter and who developed it. And Neil developed it. Ashter is our upcoming platform. At Bytes as Irish, launching on the 14th of March 2022. We go over Neil's background, how Gaeilge is part of his everyday life, his experience in teaching and translating Irish, and then we go on to how he developed a TUSMA course, which is our foundational Irish language course, launching with Aster. Really excited to share that. And we've got a podcast exclusive after that interview. We've got a score created by Ryan Boseman, uh, who took one of our uh, YouTube videos and created music around the poem Naguihe that Siobhan read out. So I'll tell you more after the interview and then we'll go on to the song. So, a raiglinn. <laughs> Neil, how are you doing? Good Great to be here. Great to be here. It's the first time for us to be speaking in English together. But as yes. Emma at Bites as Irish said before, you, you have to let out your English bits as well. So, Neil, how Uh Neil, you've been with Bites as Irish um, for a good few months now. So you're part of the team um where are you from and where are you based
1: well i'm from county tyrone in ulster originally uh and from a village called Cull island and uh that's where i grew up but i have lived in dublin and london for the last 20 years and i'm in dublin again settled in dublin again thankfully now
0: cool so i'd like to share a little bit of background to people of like who you are what what your story is around the Irish language. So for people watching and listening to this, uh, Neil has taught Irish in London for a good bit of time. Uh, He does so in Dublin now. Um, He's got a bachelor's in, I've got it written down, old Hmm. Irish and folklore and a master's in early and medieval Irish. And he also has a qualification in the translation of irish which is very important because there you're basically certified that you have the accuracy in the irish language irish language grammar um to be able to translate text i suppose usually from english into irish that would be the normal i guess yeah. commercial direction right um so neil why is the irish language part of your life in to such a big extent
1: um it's hard to say really um because i'm from from the north um we didn't have irish primary school so and uh because of the, there were some extra classes at primary school so i actually had a little bit of french by the time i started my secondary school and i can remember my attitude was oh, i'm looking forward to french i know a bit about that i don't care about this irish i'm not interested in that But actually within a week that had flipped completely and I can't really tell you why, but Hmm. as soon as our Irish classes started, I felt very comfortable with it. And I felt more comfortable, almost like I recognized it in a way, which maybe I do from uh, the way people speak English, where I'm from or other parts of the country where I have family. Um, uh, It's hard to say exactly, but just very quickly I felt completely uh, like I'd find my subject, if you like, and that, and mm-hmm. so it was always my best subject at school. After that, and um, as you've said, I continued studying that at university. So it just um, took a hold of me, I suppose, at that time, and um, and here I am.
0: Hmm. So, like, I'm interested. Like, it's you come from a different context than me. I grew up in County Clare. I've spent half my life in Limerick. Um. I've never lived in Northern Ireland or the six counties or however you might refer to it. So let's say back in primary school, Neil, was the Irish language like even on your radar or in your family's background or like where was the Irish language in relation to you growing up?
1: No, it wasn't on my radar really, Um, especially primary school it wasn't because we didn't have it at school. Um, and we didn't have TG Catter, or Tina G started 25 or 26 years ago now, but when I was in primary school, it wasn't there. So there wasn't that much. A little bit of news on RTE was in was in Irish, as it still is. Mm-hmm. But um, my family was always very interested in Irish culture. Gaelic games were big, Gaelic football, and hurling, which you don't hear often from Toronto people, um, yeah. and traditional music for sure. But also, my mother is from Galway, from Western Connemara, so um we had that direct connection. Uh For us, crossing the border wasn't well. There was no border for us, really. It was it was mm-hmm. equally home in Galway. As it wasn't Dublin or anywhere else we went. So, possibly in our house more than other houses in in the in the neighbourhood, in the region, we had very close links and. We were used to watching RTE as much, if not more, than BBC. So um, mm. didn't have a very a lot of it around. But you know, then as as I go on, I can see that oh yeah, we were quite plugged in in a way. And yeah, as I said, my mother's from Connemara. Sadly, it wasn't Gail Talked area when she was growing up. But I was looking at some maps, and around the time my grandparents were born, it was a gale Talk area, and they. They did have Irish themselves, but um, when I knew them, I was quite young and I didn't have much Irish, and mm. and um, anyway, our dialects were quite different anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: The old the old problem.
0: <laughs> the good old Gaelga um, Ola that mm-hmm. you have, and um, if you haven't seen it on YouTube, um, find our live Q&A that uh, Neil recorded with Emma, I think, um, on Ulster Irish, so good episode there to look back on. Uh, Sonia, you did um, you had Irish at school. Um, what was the attitude to Irish at school like? Was it something to be embarrassed about, to be interested in?
1: Well, um, we, we've again we have a very particular context and where I come from in, in County Tyrone and in the six counties where. Um, the, the people who do study Irish are are really take it to heart, I suppose, because um, it, it, it's not a little bit more now, but it wasn't on the road signs and it wasn't something that was supported by government, local or, or national in the UK. So um, you really felt you had to cling on to your own culture like that. So that that was a part of it. Mm. But at the same time there were the same attitudes like, Oh, Irish is useless and you won't be able to get a good job if you've got Irish and things like this. And I really remember friends of mine, when we came to 14, we had to choose a language at school for GCSE. Will we do French or will we do Irish? And it never really happened that people would do two languages at that point, which is an awful shame. And, uh, I can remember a lot of my friends saying, well, I'm going to do French because it's more useful.
2: Hmm.
1: And, uh, of all of my friends, I don't think any of them speaks a word of French. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> you Nationally <know>, or socially. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know, maybe they'll come back to it. I'm not sure, but, um, you know, I'm not sure how, <laughs> how important French was to them in the end either.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And mm-hmm. going into university, then you obviously took the arts and Irish language approach. Um, I'm interested in the kind of old Irish. Um, yeah. Like that was at the, your master's early in medieval Irish.
1: Yeah, that's basically a master's in old Irish. That's what's going
0: on. In old Irish. So what is old Irish like to study? I mean, do you see the direct mappings of how the language works today? Or is it like studying an ancient language that you don't see resemblance to?
1: Yeah, well, well, first of all, it might seem like a strange choice, but I didn't go directly to university thinking I'm getting rid of modern Irish, let's study old Irish. Um, what happened was I went to UCD and in first year in UCD, we usually do in, in an in arts degree, you usually do three subjects and then afterwards you might narrow it down a little. So in first year I chose modern Irish, naturally, and um, some other subjects that were related to that so i chose one of them was old irish and it just happened i i really loved it again a bit unexpectedly i just really got on well with it and i ended up focusing on that one more than modern mm. irish uh but old irish it's recognizably irish you know if you look at it you wouldn't be in any doubt but it is different it's not so easy to just read if you if you feel comfortable with modern irish doesn't mean you'll be able to read old irish um there are certain tricks in the spelling um, so words that we uh, would recognize today are just a little bit different. For example, the word far, man, mm-hmm. F-E-R, spelled F-E-R in Old Irish, fair. And that later became far. So if you don't know that little trick and that, that, that pattern repeats with other words as well. Um, so if you're not sure about that, it would look more different. But once you know those tricks you can spot a lot of nouns very easily. The verbs, however, are very different. The verbs mm-hmm. are completely kind of different. Um, so it's, uh, it's the same language, it's just an older form. And the old Irish period itself is roughly 800 AD until about 1000 or 1100 AD. Basically, when the Vikings came around that time, that started to unsettle the country and then the language was um went into another phase went into middle irish which is in the centuries after that but basically we're talking about a thousand years ago
0: wow and do you um see like those patterns does it help you understand modern irish like were there instances where you were studying a word in old irish and you're like ah that's why it's like that yeah, sure.
1: One, one little example I can give is them, um, something in old Irish we call the, the, the perfect particle, which was r, r-o, r. R-O, ro. And that would be put into verbs in order to put it into the past tense and so on. But we, we still have the, the remnants of that in the past tense in modern Irish. Because in the present tense, we say, um, and, i the cafe. do you put, I'm um, going to banya in the cafe. Would be mm-hmm. more. Do you put milk in your coffee? Um, but in the past tense, did you put? And instead of an, we have er, and that little r is the last remnant of the uh, of the perfect particle ra. Um, so that's common. You see that in er near nar in the past tense, and that's that's a little trace of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, Neil, I'm going to jump. Um, You were teaching Irish um, in London for how long? Well, I guess
1: um, I've been living in London and I'd ended up uh, uh, teaching English as a foreign language. And then um, I went to London. Yeah, Yeah, I have to (laughs) offset my Saxon footprint now after years of teaching English. But... um, I went to London, as people do, to, to see the world, really, and to, and to meet other people and all of that. So there was a time when I wasn't speaking much Irish, and it wasn't really so central in my life. But then I heard about this thing, the Pop-up Gael And
2: mm. that was
1: possibly about five years ago now. And I thought, that's a great idea. It's, it's, there's no pressure. It seems like something... Um, some, some, something youthful and new and innovative and, and simple. So, through the pop up Gale Talk in London, I met a bunch of great people who speak Irish. And, and then I thought, well, I've been teaching English. Maybe, maybe I could, these skills are just easily transferable and I can move into teaching Irish. So, so that's what happened with me, really. So, I was maybe two or three years in London teaching Irish in places like the, the London Irish Centre. And um, there's an adult learning institute called CityLit in the centre of London that do all sorts of languages and other skills, um, any kind of evening class you might want. So I was teaching Irish in these places, and and then I really felt like my for the first time my professional and academic life had come together. Mm-hmm. and It all made sense. Now it looks like a plan. There was no plan, but <laughs> <laughs> it looked quite looks sensible good. now.
2: Yeah, looks <laughs> very
0: planned. Yeah. Fair play, yeah. Um, so, you came across people, um, adults, who wanted to learn the Irish language, so for me, that's really important um, for yeah. Irish language learners who are watching or listening to this. Um, we're at Bites as Irish developing content and services to help you learn to speak Grailge. And we have to put ourselves in your shoes and see what do you need what's holding you back how can we better help you to learn and practice the irish language so neil um what kind of backgrounds i i think you've told me before that it was quite like a, a very varied diverse background of people who were learning the irish language yeah. you you came across in london is that it
1: absolutely yeah so there were there were irish people people who were born and grown up in ireland and there are um there are people from the north who who had irish at school like me and there are people who didn't have irish at school and so some of them were total beginners some of them were higher level um but then there are lots of people who've grown up in britain who had varying levels of experience with the irish language um there are people who are very connected to Ireland, maybe they um, have very close family members there. And there are people with a little bit more distant connections. And there are a few international people too, um, people from Hungary and Germany, and that. And it's always lovely to see that because um, it's not just a family connection for them, it's, it's just a, a more of a mm. cultural thing. But the thing that I loved, especially after teaching English for years, is that there's a measure when you're teaching English as a foreign language. Um, there's a measure of it being where a, a lot of people are doing it because they have to. Maybe their parents send them to do it and they don't really want to do it or it's part of their ambitions to do a, an international business degree or they just need it, but they're not there for the love of it always. Some of them are, sure, but but you do get some kind of teenagers and young people who don't really care. They just have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never had that with Irish at all. It's It's amazing. It's, it's beautiful to see the how passionate everybody is and the love everyone has for the for the culture and the language and everything. So it's a really different experience as a teacher. And motivation is one of the biggest things for anybody who wants to learn a language because the language is not easy and mm. it doesn't happen in a day. So uh, the motivation is really really key. And uh, yeah, so we had a real mix in London. Most people had at least Irish family connections um but we had everyone from people from from the Gaeltacht and people who were very confident speakers down to people who were complete beginners um
0: Mm.
1: that that was the the wide range in London but that's that's what London's like there's always a wide range of everything
0: interesting and we'll come back maybe to your advice for Irish language learners, people sure. starting Irish who are actively learning or indeed coming back to the Irish language—you've got a wealth of experience there. Um, Neil, you're the founder of Nuacht Vowel or Nuacht um, What is that?
1: Nuacht Wowl is a podcast, and it means slow news. Um, I, I believe the, the concept—I didn't invent the concept. Now, um, someone told me about it. I've never listened to other ones, but I think they do exist for other European languages. Um, So New is slow news, and it's a podcast we put out once a week, and you can hear three news stories read slowly from that week. So it's something that started during the lockdown with my old gang in London, and uh, we have different presenters every week. So you can hear a range of, of accents and dialects as well. And we always label that in the the, the title of the episode. So it's clear if someone is from Antar or Chiroan or um, Mayo. So um, so that that's good for people who are kind of wanting to brush up on that. And I suppose the idea for me is that it's really useful because... Most materials out there are quite directed at the beginner. And then a lot of other resources are are, are directed at people who were quite fluent already. Mm. This is something that's more in the middle there. Um I've seen it recommended a lot. People say listening is difficult. I don't understand when people are talking. Yeah. The problem with listening is that you don't have time. If you're reading something, you can stop and you can read at your own pace. But if someone is speaking... You've got to follow them or you lose mm, you lose yeah. it all together. So that's one of the problems with listening. And then with Irish and listening, we do have different accents. We've got three different dialects. Um, you might have learned it one way and then other people say it a different way to you. So really what everybody needs is more experience and practice with listening. You've got to just give your 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 ears that kind of time with it. When I first moved to Dublin, I wasn't really that used to Monster and Connacht Irish, and I struggled mm-hmm. with it to be honest.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I love Thank to hear them, um, but it did take me a while to get used to them as well. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the drive behind Noitwell. It's something where people who are not complete beginners, but also not completely fluent, can go. I saw it advised a lot on on, on the likes of Twitter that uh, you know if you if you if you want to improve your listening, just listen to Radio Tata. But that's a Big ass. Radio is for the Um The speakers are native speakers. They're speaking quickly and they're not trying to accommodate learners, to be honest, because it's just a radio station. So it's not so easy for beginners. And Nurchtbal is slow. And we include a script and there's a short glossary with every episode. And um, because it's Shakta in at the moment, we're also doing a special series where we're releasing one episode every day from the 1st of March until the 17th of March this year. So um, we're not doing the topical news every day. We're doing a special series, Kochram and Lay, which is uh, on this day in history. So just a special bonus series, which is going on at the moment.
0: And where can people find Nucht um, you
1: can find NoteWell on any podcast provider, I think, um, uh, including Spotify, for example, is the most famous one. If you do an internet search in NoteWell, I think we'll come up. Um, so you'll find us quickly. We, we're on social media. We're definitely on Twitter. I'm not sure about the other ones.
0: Perfect. So that's um, yeah. I really respect that, Neil, because it's... Um a project is hard to get off the ground and it's hard to be consistent with it. And you've obviously got like the creative drive, I would say, um, to get something out like that. Um and you're a real part of the Irish language ecosystem, like I hugely respect that. Somehow. Um okay, so Neil, your role at Bite Size Irish you're an Irish language learning content developer, which is like, you're producing, you're developing content to help people learn the Irish language. And um, when this um, interview goes out uh, in a week's time on the week of St. Patrick's Day 2022, we're launching a new learning platform at Bitesize Irish called Ashtar, which means journey. And uh, we've for years spoken about uh, the language learning journey. Uh, I find it intriguing, like the idea of like a voyage or a a long distance trip, right? Um, You take it at a good measured pace, but you have to keep going as well. And there might not be a destination. As in, the journey is the destination. Um, And there's hundreds of quotes of that type of thing. Um, So that's the idea with our platform, Ashtar, um, where we're going to house our newly developed Irish learning language content. And having it online makes it possible for us to develop quite interactive content. So with thousands of audio recordings, with videos and indeed quizzes and the such that you've been developing Neil. So what Neil has been developing is our foundational co- course called TUSMA. Um, Neil, would you like to introduce what is TUSMA?
1: Yeah, TUSMA is the as you said, the new foundational course. Um, it's 10 modules of self study lessons. It's based on the old bite sized curses. So, some of it, some of the material has been uh, reused or developed or changed, but there's also a lot of new material as well. And, uh, you know, again, I I love the image of Ashtar Khomeini because you you don't learn a language in a night. It's got to take time, it is a journey, it's a very appropriate word I think, and tussma means a good start, it's from the old shanakal, tusmah latna hebra, a good start is half the work, so as we all know from the school days, uh, the worst thing about doing your essay for homework was was actually getting started, <laughs> it sort of flows then, so um, we're hoping we're hoping tusmah is that good beginning for you too. Um, yeah, so uh, it it's it's a beginning course and it's it's a self-study course, so it's not everything in itself. Uh that should be clear, but we do have um lots of audio, lots of natural examples and a more interactive element with 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 quizzes mm-hmm. and and so on within the lessons themselves.
0: Um what I loved about um your approach Neil and like decisions we made in developing this new course um it's modern um mm-hmm. it's practical um so we've taken a fresh approach we've looked at the content we had as you said and taken a new eye to this um so it's modern it's using um words in you know in the most modern irish and there's <clears throat> like uh, conversation uh role playing uh, lessons in there where you've created conversations for the learner to practice in their own time listen to the audio play it and repeat if you can we have slow and fast recordings and the situations are quite practical and day-to-day um so Neil you mentioned that there's 10 modules how did you um approach creating different themes or topics for each of those different modules and what's in them?
1: Well the 10 modules are they all have a different uh, theme or topic and they all relate to um, both vocabulary and, and topics that are that are useful in one area but also to the the kinds of the grammatical structures that would be relevant to that. Mm-hmm. So um, we have uh, a, a one module that's called um, At the Weekend, I think. And um, so, you know, what do you do at the weekend? There, there's lots of vocabulary about your free time and about taking it easy or doing the gardening, things like that. But we also use that as an opportunity to, to bring in the past tense. That's where the past tense comes in, uh, in TUSMA. So you can imagine the very natural conversation on a Monday morning um, where you say to your colleagues, well, how was your weekend? What did you do at the weekend? So there the grammar and the the vocab are really related uh, to each other in a very natural context. And it's not uh, highfalutin poetry or anything like that. It's everyday conversation, the sort of language that you want to use. And that will help you cover all of the basics for you know, language that relates to everyday life and all the basics of the grammar, too.
0: For somebody who works through TUSMA um, at their own pace, what would you expect for them to have achieved once they've worked through TUSMA? Where will they have gotten to?
1: Well, I think um, just thinking about the, the topics covered, um, in terms of grammar, they, they'll have practiced the, the the verbs to be, the verb is, and the verb um, be, uh, and as well as that, they'll have got into present tense and past tense. And by the end of the course, there's talk of the of the future. Um, so those are big areas. So I always feel uh, we, we we need to get those three tenses covered. Um, to have the, have a really good grounding in Irish. And then later, we can look at An Mocanilach and so on. Mocanilach, um, the conditional mood gets a, a bad press sometimes. It's not so difficult. The problem is you just need to do it fourth. You can't do it first because it really makes sense after doing present, past and future. It's just the logical order. So people come to it later and then they feel it's more difficult. But I think that's only because we don't get so much practice of it um mm. so anyway i'm getting on to another topic so oh. in um we're it's it's really the beginning so we're not getting into the very advanced topics we don't dive into an mokinilach or the antishil really but it's those beginner stages and the topics relate to home family work free time travel weather Um, all of those familiar
0: topics about everyday things which are important to you. Um, For somebody like, we've discussed this at Lent, where to position it, you know, who to make it for. And if you're an absolute beginner who has never touched the Irish language, you grew up outside of Ireland, but you've a real interest in it, it might be a little advanced for you um but I would challenge people to take it all the same you might see it differently Neil
1: I, th- I think they could definitely try it they especially in, in the first module the beginning lessons they're they are very bite-sized mm. and I would encourage them to have a go anyway um sure
0: so going to this journey the Ashtar metaphor as well um our existing content called bite-sized it's a separate platform, older platform. And the general feedback that we got over the last several years was, there was a bit of a lack of structure. It's like, okay, I'm in there, now what do I do? Where do I go? So Neil, your your content developed in sma goes from module one to 10, and within each of those, about 10 lessons each, and there's a logical order of what you address in module one, then you move on to module two. So it guides you, it gives you like a starting point. You start at lesson one. <laughs> and yep. for that, I suppose the absolute beginner is placed in the right place. And you can ask us questions, you're not alone. And it is for members of Bytes as Irish, we should be clear about that too. Um, we've got several hundred members um, and we're really looking forward to making this available to them. Neil, for somebody who um, grew, let's say, grew up in Ireland, so they have school Irish, you know, or some they have exposure to the language. Mm. And they probably have more Irish within them than they realize. That's what I really typically really see. It, yeah. <laughs> um, how can two small... Help that person who's like refound or found a love of the language and they're coming back to Gwilga?
1: Yeah. So, as I said before, I I do think uh, a a beginner could um, set about uh, Tusma and get on very well. But I think it could also be good for someone who's returning to the language. And uh, my experience teaching in Dublin and and in London is that um, most people who are returning to the language are. Are very hard on themselves, and and they they tend to say, "Oh, I don't know anything," and I can't. I used to know a little bit. I forgot it all, and and things like that. So, um, but really, they've got a lot more, and maybe just takes a little bit of practice to to, to get comfortable again. Um, and that's something we always need is is practice. It's not just study. Uh, it's 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 also practice. So it's not just about learning the rule. You have to kind of be using the rule and applying the rule, for example, or the vocab or whatever it is. So, to um, if you're a complete beginner, you could be going through it at your own pace, taking your time. But if you're someone who's returning, you could do the same materials, but you can go at your pace. And it might be a good bit quicker because you're more comfortable with it. It's more familiar to you. So... We all need that kind of practice, just the, the the time with the language, the experience to build up and get more comfortable and recognize mm-hmm. patterns. So I think that's where the, that's where Too Smite is good for the, for the returner. Let's say is that they'll make going through the same stuff, but they can, they can do it quicker at their own pace. And, um, uh, and then they'll get on to, you know, um, uh, I suppose more, more advanced topics and, I'm sure there's something new in there for everybody.
0: yeah, so on that, um, if I 'm already an Irish language learner and I've been studying it quite actively, maybe i'm attending a class already, um, how can TUSMA help me?
1: well it's always good, I think when you're studying a language it's also good to tackle it on different fronts, okay A lot of people are familiar with with um, gamified learning on, on applications and things like that on your phone. And um, uh, and I always think, why not? I use them myself. I don't think you can learn a language only through that one way. And I will, obviously, I'm going to recommend my podcast, Northwell, um, but I don't think it's the only way to learn a language. I think it's one aspect. So um, if we've got um, here and here and here, different ways to do it, so if you've got a, a class, a conversation class that's, that's based on speaking, that's fantastic. But Too Smart could also be a great supplement to that, where it it is self-study. So you do it yourself in your own time and you can listen to the recording and listen again and listen again and say it out loud, practice that, make sure it gets comfortable in your mouth. And, um, you know, it can be a little bit nervy sometimes saying things out loud in front of other people because you, yeah. you're all afraid we might make a mistake. But uh, the the thing about it is that things are easier for you to pronounce and say if you've said them before. My example was always um, the expression thank you in English and in French, Italian. Any language you know, you probably know the word thank you. And you probably don't know the word thank you in languages that you don't speak Um because you you, you went to that country one time and it was the one phrase you use. So thank you is always the phrase that people are really comfortable with because we use it more. And that just shows you that if you repeat something, say it enough times, then it just falls out of your mouth like it's Mm. easy to say. And eventually you'll be amazed that something that really took a lot of concentration to pronounce becomes really easy in second nature because um, I suppose there's physical organs going on here with your throat and your mouth and your tongue and lips and everything. So they, it's it's muscle memory, I guess. So in smart, um you're not on the spotlight, <laughs> in the spotlight in front of other people. You're studying at your own leisure and your own convenience, and you can add to that. And And one thing that you mentioned before, Owen, was about the, some of the topics and languages, a little bit more about modern life in modern Ireland, and um, especially for people who are returning to the language. There's, um, there, there are words that I studied at school that we don't really use anymore, a word like ban-ultra for nurse. And uh, I met uh, someone at a pop-up guy who talked in London about five years ago, and I said, what do you do? came past the target, and she said, it's ultra me. And I didn't understand her off the bat, because we don't say ban-ultra anymore. There's no reason to say ban to specify that it's a woman so ultra is the word so anyone who was studying irish at school maybe before 2000 let's say you probably have ban ultra but in modern irish we say ultra so there are other new words for new aspects of life technology and other things so um yeah it's great great supplement um if you're studying elsewhere
0: fantastic and you introduced the idea of a reference pack, an Ashter reference pack that sits outside the TUSMA course, but it's available also to members um, who will be members of Ashter at Bite Size Irish. So what is the idea of the reference pack compared to a course that I'm going through? Yeah,
1: well, as we said, one of the main things about TISMA is that there's a progression through it. And we start at number one and we go to number 10. And um, we, we don't really throw in examples of the past tense in, in module two because it doesn't come in until module five or six. And then after that, we assume that you're comfortable with past tense. So there's a progression through it. Um, however, there are topics that are important at every level. One of the main examples is the initial mutations, Shevu and Uru. You need to use that if you're a beginner. You need to use that if you're intermediate, if you're advanced. And, you know, it's something that everyone, everyone needs a reminding of the rules from time to time. Um, so that's important to everyone. And whether you're in module one or module six or module 10, maybe you need a little um, reminder of Actually, what what are those rules again? I just need to check. So, rather than searching through TUSMITE again and trying to think, was it was it the lesson about food or was it the lesson about work? Um, we know there's there's a we have the reference pack and that that has um, that kind of basic information not related to any other other topic about daily life, and it's just more the bare information. Um, nicely clearly explained that you need to know so that's why we call it the reference pack it's it's not part of this progression it's relevant to anyone at any level at the moment we have the uh course about the initial mutations but we are really hoping to put um more courses to that as well and uh so that whenever we mention um or, or any other challenging topic we'll be able to Refer back to that, and um, it'll be, it'll be at your fingertips, I suppose.
0: Very nice, and I'd like to put this in a bigger context as well, because there's going to be more on Ashtar. Um Our popular course is Sing a Song in Irish, where Siobhan brings you through reading um, and understanding three traditional Irish language songs, and then you get to learn the song iteratively i think learning through song is very interesting because a song gives you the structure it's like this set of words that you can go through and um, so there's multiple videos on each of the three songs we have the popular crack irish pronunciation with our pronunciate pronunciation <laughs> cheat sheets um and we've got uh bite bio scripts so For our grow members, they have access to Asher, all the Irish language learning content, kind of self-study. Also, they get an invite to our private learners community, Bite Size Pubble. And on Bite Size Pubble, we post daily challenges where you're not just like learning the Irish language, learning words, but you're trying to put it into practice. You're trying to be active about it. So those challenges challenge you to use your Irish Gaeilge Gach Lá and um, every week we hold Bite Size Bio um, on Bite Size Pubble. it's a live Zoom call to practice scripted conversation so it's not open conversation it's something that's more of a starting point or more foundational where it gets you to practice a conversation in a role playing, playing way with the script in front of you so you're getting to Practice to say these typical phrases aloud, um, setting you up for more natural conversation later. And on Ashter, we're going to have three new conversations that we've developed. Siobhan has written them, um, it was quite fun. We did the role play at our team meetings, um, going through the scripts and uh, reviewing them. So that was a bit of crack as well. Um, so, those three new conversations will be part of ASHTER and they'll be featured um, for GROW members who are taking part in Bite Size Bio. So, I'm really looking forward to that too. Neil, um, we've we kind of described how somebody um, can approach learning the foundational parts of the Irish language with Bite Size Irish through Too Smile, which is launching with ASHTER.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe more generally, like learning principles. Um one at Bites Irish is Gaeilge Gachla where um it, it's one kind of part of the recipe. You're exposing yourself to the Irish language every day and you're making the Irish language part of who you are. Um you're trying to um expose yourself as in listen to it, but also use and practice it if possible. Neil, what would your take on this be? Um, you can't just immerse yourself, say, in Radjana tense, expect to learn a language. So how would you approach describing this to someone who wants to, like, break through a bit and learn more of the Irish language?
1: Yeah, well, it's 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 natural at the beginning, I suppose, when we're starting out, we, we focus more on, on on what we call receptive skills, so reading and listening, um, because in a sense you don't need to do anything apart from to understand, um, but really the main step is everyone wants to speak, so that's really an important thing, and uh, speaking and writing are the productive skills, but well, you have to be creative in a way, you have to put your own words out there, so it's it's a whole other step, you know, it's, it's definitely more challenging. Um, but, uh, you know, everyone knows we all want to speak. So we do practice that. And if you're, if you're starting to learn or coming back to learn, um, it's, it's possible you may not know a lot of other learners and hopefully through Size Pebble, for example, you can meet other people. Um, but one thing is that people often feel like there's no opportunity to practice and so on. Mm-hmm. But, um, but there are little ways that you can do it. Um, before I met my my my, my gang of people to the pop up Girl Talk in London, I was keeping my own notes on my phone in Irish, for example, my to do lists and my other things that I needed to remember. I just was trying to do that in Irish, and my shopping list was a good one because I I was always challenged to come up with uh, to find the new vocabulary that I didn't um I didn't I didn't know already. So that was just a good opportunity to go to folklore and find. Uh, find those words and to learn those words. So anything, any little way that you can use it, um, even if it's just practicing with the dog and saying "Good morning, how are you?" to the dog, and so on, or even to your family, uh, even if they don't speak Irish, you can throw in some words and, and nice and, and expressions. Um, maybe not a full conversation, but uh, uh, there there are ways that you can use it. So it's very important, I think, to 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 activate. The learning mm. activate the language that you've learned and we don't want it to be too passive an experience where you're sitting there expecting the language to um just wash over you and you know that it's good to be immersed and to we mm. the word immersion is used a lot in language learning and that's it's got that sort of sense of it's all around you we you have to af- you have to actively use it as well and if that's in one of those simple ways maybe to begin just with the dog or in your phone or something. But um, going beyond that, yeah, that's where your Kirkelkora or Pop-up tucht, and those events are often online these days as well. And even with the uh, lockdowns coming to an end in places, I think online events will, will definitely – they're a part of life now, aren't they? Um, hmm. So um, there are ways to uh, – to uh to to use your irish and i always tell people as well to follow your own interests through the language so if you're into music or sport mm-hmm. or history or politics or any other topic um there are people you can follow on social media there are um, websites and books and television programs and tg care probably relating to that so um if it feels a bit less like studying a bit more like something you like doing in your free time anyway, then that's a great way to, to improve your Irish.
0: I like it, yeah. Because you can come across content that somebody will advise you to take, to, to you know, work through, and it just might not talk to your curiosity. Um,
1: sure, we all have different tastes mm-hmm. and interests and all of that to, to a degree. So... Um, I know about a group at home in, in County Tyrone who are putting on some sessions um, at, the, at the moment or in the near future, which are specifically focused at sports commentary in Irish because TG Gaher show a lot of rugby, a lot of Gaelic football, yeah. a lot of hurling, and a lot of people are watching who don't even really speak Irish. Yeah, but yeah. all the commentary, all the track, track is a Gaelic. And rugby as well. Yeah, rugby, uh, I think I mentioned... And uh, so all of those phrases and things like that, people are watching anyway. They might as well understand. So it's, I think that's a great idea and a great opportunity for people to engage with the language. You know, engagement is something where you can invest a bit of your energy and a bit of your heart and a bit of your time with something that you really care about. Um, then the language will be more meaningful as well. It's not just... um Not just... A, um a little extra it's it's something more central in your life
0: mm. I love it um Neil, I think we we'll leave it at that i I want to say Gramila Mahagut, you've shown um your love for the language and your you know internal drive to help people learn the Irish language, and I think somebody who's watched or listened to this interview can hear that and can see it um what would you hope um for the irish language uh in ireland is it more of the same um is it more active in some way do you have a personal vision like that for the irish language
1: i would say i am more positive and hopeful and optimistic than i was when i was young and uh, yeah as, as i described i loved it when i was young too but i think um the last few years have shown um, the real passion that people have. And that came out of, um, or part, partly at least came out of online activities, um, uh, some very famous podcasts and um, social media groups and things like that. And the pop up Gaeltacht, I've mentioned a few times as one of those, but there are other ones too. And I think the, the, this love for the Irish language has been a little bit. Um, it, it, I want, I wouldn't say it was dormant it was there but it wasn't so visible and that's the thing when when everyone else can see and that was one of the motivations of the of the guys who created the pop-up girl is to say that we do exist actually um and we want to be out in public and be visible and I was at the first pop-up girl Talk in Dublin for two years there and last uh, that was last Thursday and there were hundreds of people there speaking Irish. It was actually to the point where there were too many people there. You know? <laughs> wow. it, it was difficult. No one could get to the bar, for example, which was <laughs> yeah. a tragedy. But that's the kind of situation. That interest and love was always there, that Gra was always there. It wasn't so visible. So it was easy for certain characters in the media um, and in the establishment to kind of say, nobody speaks, nobody cares, mm-hmm. nobody wants it. It's completely untrue, and I think there are certain schemes underway and plans um, uh, officially, and there are lots of campaigns at the moment where people are trying to reinforce the position of the language and have it more visible and make it just a little bit easier for anyone who's interested to get involved, make it easier to learn, easier to practice, easier to know that if you're in Ireland and you want to, go to a shop or go to a bar or go to a restaurant and use Irish, that you'll be able to find out where you can go and do that comfortably because it's a big, it's a big risk, isn't it? If you go into a bar Absolutely. and you am going to practice my Irish, but you're a bit nervy that other people may not respond um, to you. So, um, yeah, I think there's been amazing changes, and um, especially the Gale uh, um It's really great for the future. We do need to look after the Gaeltacht, we need a lot more. um, uh, The Gaeltacht is the home of the Irish language, to be honest, and they've got such a civil, such a wealth of language and expressions and so on. So we we really need to protect that to make sure that people from the Gaeltacht can continue to live there and to keep the language pure there. But the language is also growing really fast in Dublin and Belfast and places which are not traditional. Irish language strongholds and that's also fantastic to see so um yeah I'm more positive than I would have been 20 years ago I think yeah perfect. um and so I hope that that trend continues and uh, we, we get opportunities to to uh you know develop it even more
0: absolutely um absolutely I feel the same way Neil so good morning thanks so much for taking the time for sharing your thoughts with us today. So you can find Nookt uh, Vowel which is Neil's podcast online, do seek it out and at Bitesize Irish if you're watching this before St. Patrick's Day 2022 we're launching that week our new platform Aster and Neil's uh, developed course Túsma that we've been talking about where can you find it, you can come to Bitesize.irish, our website where there'll be information from the homepage. Um, you can subscribe to our channel, Bitesize Irish, on YouTube, where we'll have uh, several live events with the launch of ASHTA. Really looking forward to it. Um, and I feel privileged to help uh, take content uh, such as what Neil has developed uh, to more Irish language learners within Ireland and outside of Ireland. Really looking forward to it, and we'll see you there. Okay, so back to the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed that interview with Neil, and I share his optimism as well around Gaelga in Ireland, in the Gaeltachti, and indeed outside of Ireland too. Now, I told you that we had a podcast exclusive with Ryan Bozeman. He goes by the Handle brotherwell on SoundCloud. Now, in 2017, Shuan at Bite Size Irish posted on YouTube a rendition of Naguiha, the winds poem. The poem is by Thomas F. Walsh. Now, what Ryan did, he got in touch and Ryan creates scores and songs around poems. That poets have written. So he works with poets to create songs around their work. So he took this poem that we haven't written. And Siobhan did the rendition on YouTube. And he sampled that. And he merged his music with Siobhan's rendition of Ngoiha. So you can find the link to that YouTube video if you want on um, the show notes page of episode 138 of the Bite Size Irish podcast on our website bitesize.irish I also have to say thank you to Tukumo whose music you hear, you heard earlier on this episode and if you want to watch that um, interview with Neil find the video on uh, the show notes page as well uh, there's a link to the YouTube video so Horta a away we go.